0: Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs
1: is the kingdom of heaven.
2: So I'm Patrick. This is my wife, Brittany. Yes. We're the Williams. And the leader of the the Williams clan. We got three little boys.
0: (laughs) That's right. Judah, Micah, and Isaiah, it is a gift to be able to raise children, and I just want you guys to know that whether you have children of your own, if there is a child that's in your life, you have the ability to have great impact in their life. There are things that my children tell me from class, people they interact with here at church, that bless them, that speak into their life, and so I wanna thank you for being, being those people that speak into the lives of our children, but don't ever take that for granted, the impact that you can have on those children that are in your life.
2: And they tell us what you do when you're not looking. <laughs> Just kidding. They probably
0: tell what we do at home to their teacher in class. So, anyways, you may hear some embarrassing stuff if they're in your class. So. Um, but also, uh, my parents are Pastor Brett and Miss Lisa, if you didn't know that. And so, um, thank you guys for giving us this opportunity. What an honor it is to be able to share the word with you guys this morning. And so, Thank you both so much for allowing us to do this this morning.
2: Amen. So, yeah, so does anybody need any sermon notes? Raise your hand if you need some sermon notes. Our ushers can get you what you need.
0: Yes. Please raise your hand. If you don't have sermon notes or a pen with you, pull out your phone, your tablet, whatever you have. Get your Bible ready. We're going to be asking you to write some things down. There's pens in the seat in front of you if you don't have one. So grab it while you can. Because we're going to get started here shortly. We're going to pray real quick first. So thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity just to share your word and your heart and your love with the people here at Legacy. Let us put away everything that has gone on this week. Let's lay aside every care and open our hearts and our minds to receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to get started. Um, Our scripture, or my scripture for today, is found in Matthew 5, 8. So if you'll put uh, the New King James Version, perfect. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now write that scripture down, Matthew 5, 8. And I encourage you to write down that it was in the New King James Version too. Because you may want to look at some of these scriptures and we may use different versions. And so you may want to be able to look that specific scripture up later. So write that down. I love this scripture. And I believe that Jesus said this specifically to touch on something. For a long, long time the religious leaders of that time had focused on a lot of things. They had focused on outward appearance. They had focused on what you eat, how you speak, who you spend time with. They had focused on a lot of outward things. But Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. He went right to the root of the matter because he knew that you can look good on the outside and still be planning his demise on the inside, right? And so he went right to the heart of things and said, blessed are the pure in heart. Because you know what he knew about people who are pure in heart? They're going to do the right things, make the right choices, but even if they don't, they're going to have the character to clean up their mess and to make it right. So let's look at Matthew 5 8 in the Amplified. I love this. And I love that we're talking about character. And when I read this scripture, wow, it was amazing. So blessed, anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature are the pure in heart, those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character. For they will see God. When I read this scripture, I was like, wow. Every single thing, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. Not only that, that's who I want to surround myself with. Those are the types of friends and relationships I want to have. I want people who are pure of heart. Those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character. I want people who are anticipating God's presence to show up. I want the spiritually mature in my life, and I wanna be that for those that are in my life as well. So how do we get and keep a pure heart? We're gonna write down some practical steps today in order to do that. So our first step, everybody write down, first step is salvation. Salvation. And I saw this at a vacation Bible school that was for children, right? And I said, How simple is this? If you'll put up my ABCs to salvation. So if we look at the ABCs of salvation, A stands for admit, admit that you have sinned and ask Jesus for forgiveness. B, believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross and was raised to life. C, confess Jesus is the Lord of your life. Commit to serving him and others. Now, if you've ever wanted to lead somebody to Jesus, this is a great way to remember how to pray with them. The ABCs of salvation. If you are sitting here today and you are unsure that you know Jesus, if you are unsure that you are going to go to heaven, I want us all, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but we're going to bow our heads together, and we're all going to pray a prayer together out loud because I want everybody in here to settle in their hearts that you're going to go to heaven, okay? So let's pray really quick. If you'll repeat after me. And can you put the slide back up? please, Brian. Say, thank you, Jesus. I admit that I have sinned and I'm going to ask you for forgiveness. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. That he died on the cross and was raised to life. I confess Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I commit to serving him and others. And I thank you that from now on, it is settled in my heart that I am saved, I am a child of God, and I will go to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. This is so simple, but it is so, so powerful. Salvation is so powerful. And listen, if you pray this prayer for the first time today, at the end of service, there will be the most loving couple waiting right over here. And if you just want information on what it means to be saved, they are going to open their arms and welcome you with love and excitement and give you tools that will help you continue on in this walk with Jesus. This is simple, but so powerful. You need to write down today's date. What is it? Today is the 27th of March at 1110. I asked Jesus into my heart, and every time the enemy tries to say, you're not saved, you're not going to heaven, you can look back at that date and time and tell him, no, I prayed the prayer on this day. I am saved, right? Awesome. So, salvation is amazing. But salvation doesn't mean that you're going to have it all together immediately and that you're going to be perfect. But we have a scripture, 1 John 1, 9. Let's put it up in the New Living Translation. Yeah. So it says, but if we confess our sins to him, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Wow, what hope we have that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all together right this second. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I am messed up. Forgive me, and he will. And that's not just for people who are getting saved the first time. That's for those of us who have been saved a really long time, Right? And we can ask for forgiveness. Just like if I were to slap Patrick, I'm sorry, babe, please forgive me, (laughs) right? (laughs) I need to ask for forgiveness to reconcile that relationship. Let's read it in the, uh, the Passion Translation as well. This is so good. But if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. Every time, God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's so good, isn't it? So good. Awesome. All right, so let's move on to our second step. Our second step is Holy Spirit check in and repent. Now, don't be afraid Of the word repent. I have to be honest with you guys. I've had moments where I hear that word repent and I go back in my mind to a time of like a revival. And the pastor's standing up on the, on the pulpit and he's yelling, repent, repent, repent. And I don't know what I'm repenting for, but I am just, Lord, I don't know what it is, but just I just repent because he's yelling at, it, at me and I feel like if I don't repent that maybe I'm not right. But guys, that's not what repenting should be like. We shouldn't wait till revival to repent. We shouldn't wait till Sunday morning to repent. Repent should be just a daily act that we do. When we recognize that we're wrong, we repent. A simple definition of repent is to change your mind. Change your mind, okay? So let's not be afraid of the word repent. Let's take away any anxiety or negative thoughts that comes with that word, and let's look at it as, I need to change my mind, okay? Okay? So when we recognize that something's not right, we change our mind. Okay, so I have a really good example of this. Patrick, what happens if you put a destination into your GPS and then you never look at your GPS again?
2: Well, (laughs) I never miss my destination so I would just have to assume (laughs) <laughs> that it would say rerouting.
0: <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> now, do you want to do you want it to say rerouting and you ignore that for like 2 hours?
2: No. I want to no. Turn around quickly.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. As soon I would as guess you can. If someone were to miss But from experience when when we don't do our exit, we never know if it's like 10 miles or 20 miles to the next one. Right, and then we have to turn around and drive all that back. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yes. Are you saying that it's me that misses the exit? No, not at all. No, because I'm, I'm really saying, good I... at, like, pointing you the direction that you need to go if you're not paying attention. No,
2: really, really, like, so Brittany and I have been driving together for so long now. I'll just be driving, and I get, like, I will be thinking about whatever, not driving and not about the GPS. And so I'll just see Brittany's hand do this, and then I'll exit. <laughs> Or I'll, I'll see her, we'll just be driving, I'll see Brittany's hand do this, and then I'll be put my blinker on and then I'll turn. So like the GPS means nothing to me. I'm in my own world doing my own thing, and Brittany is now like the Holy Spirit. She is my passenger, yes. my GPS.
0: That's my point, exactly. So when we get saved, we're on this destination for God's will for our life. We put that in our GPS, right? And so the Holy Spirit is there. He's with us, guiding us, right? And he may give us this nudge that, hey, something's not right here. Um, Recalculating, rerouting, it's time to turn around, it's time to do something different here. And if we ignore that, then we're just going to go further and further. So let's not ignore our, I'm going to call it instead of our global positioning system, our GPS, let's call it our HGPS, which is Holy Ghost positional system. Let's not ignore the HGPS and let's get on the right track and reroute when we need to. Let's check in with the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore what he's telling you. You got to focus on it. You've got to pay attention. Okay? So what happens if we get saved and we repent but then we stop there i have a video and it's okay to laugh at this video cuz i think it's really funny too and i've watched it over and over again to be honest with you and we've belly laughed at it so let's watch this real quick okay there's there's god we're saying help me jesus I'm in need of salvation, right? And he pulls us out. Yes, we're free. We're free. We're free. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I think it plays it slow-mo, too, which is great. Let's see if it does it. And so let's put ourselves, here we go, in the position of the sheep here. And while it's really funny, it's not so funny When we recognize in ourselves that here we are, we've gotten saved, we've repented, and we're still repenting, and then we keep going back to that same pit over and over again. Why are we doing that? What's happening? It's because people stop at step two. But I'm going to give you step three, and I want to help you. Okay? So, step three, and I want y'all to write this down. Transformation time. And then next to it in bold letters, I want you to write down, don't skip this step. Okay? Don't skip this step. Bold letters. Okay? Transformation time. The scripture that came to my mind immediately is Romans 12.2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's read it in uh, the Amplified. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. As you mature spiritually, haven't we seen that already today? Mature spiritually, being spiritually mature. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical...
2: I'm
0: sorry, say it again. Attitudes, thank you. So that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect... In his plan and purpose for you. Wow. Wow. So good. So when we renew our minds with his word, then we can be transformed into who he wants to be. Right? And uh, when I think of transform and transformations, I think of HGTV. Does anybody else think about HGTV? I do. Does anybody like watching those shows? Yeah, me too, me too. I love Chip and Joanna Gaines on Fixer Upper. Do, like do y'all like them? I do too. They're so much fun. In fact, a lot of people say that Patrick's like Chip. Do y'all see that? If you know Patrick and his crazy attitude, <laughs> he is a lot like Chip. Don't give
2: me a sympathy, Pat. <laughs> I love you.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, if, if you know, if you watch that show, then you've got a good idea of what I put up with every day. And, um, no, I'm kidding, babe. But really? No. It, it's, but, okay. But it's okay. I
2: can
0: it's handle dishes. It. It's fine. true. It gets wild and crazy, and WrestleMania is going on. Like, all Patrick has to do now at our house is put a certain song on on his phone, and all the boys, like, take off and run into our bedroom because they know it's WrestleMania time, okay? So (laughs) it's wild. And I never know what you're going to come home and tell me. Um, So we own a business, and we have rental properties, but we also do um, renovations as well. And it is always so much fun. And much like this show, Fixer Upper y'all remember the journey that they go on? They they first, they go and they look for a house and it's got to be just the perfect house. And then once they pick that perfect house, they recognize, oh, you know, we need to take this wall down and renovate this and make a master bedroom with an ensuite bathroom. And it always surprises me, their budgets for where they work, because I I was Think like, I was a teacher at one time, and I didn't make money like that. (laughs) Their budgets are always wild to me. But thank you, whoever said that. (laughs) So anyways, much like how they go and they search for the perfect house, you know, God will show us where we need to change our mind, right? And so we must search the word go on a hunt for the scriptures that we need to utilize for us to be transformed, okay? And while we're searching the word for these perfect scriptures, and the ones that, man, they're just going to show us like, you know, what God thinks about us, or who we should be, or how we should act, or man, that we should look like Jesus, while we're looking for those scriptures and we're identifying in our hearts the perfect ones that fit exactly um, what fits us, really. The next step is then we start renovating, right? So when you begin renovations and you're knocking out walls and taking out cabinets, sometimes it can get really messy, okay? Okay. Sometimes when you're tearing out things that have been there for 20 years, 30 years, it can get really gross, okay? And sometimes you can tear a wall down and discover that there's all these pipes there that weren't even supposed to be there, and oh my goodness, I've found something. And as we apply God's word to our life, He's going to start removing things that did not need to be in our life to begin with. Some things that could have been there since we were babies or little children. And he starts revealing those things that are in our heart that need to be healed. And as we start to just focus on his word and read it and study it, we begin to see that transformation, right? And we begin to uncover those things. And just like I said, sometimes you can uncover something that you didn't even know was there. So, Patrick, let me ask you, if you were to take down a wall in a house and discover that there is a sewer pipe that is open in the wall, and you think, okay, I wasn't planning for this. This was not in the budget, right? And this looks really gross, So, what would happen if you just cosmetically just covered that up?
2: It's funny you bring that up because that's actually happened before. Um, So, we did have to replace the sewer line, and it was not in the budget. So, we've actually done this, and you have not known about it. But, (laughs) because I don't bring all the problems home, y'all. Yeah. So, Um. If you were to, to if it was an interior wall, a sewer line an interior wall, and you were just cover that up, you'd have a really nice, pretty Chip and jo, Joanna Gaines wall. Yeah, it would look really nice, mm-hmm. but your house would smell like poopy.
0: True, right? Wouldn't you all agree with what he just said? That assessment. Okay, but guys, so many of us we transform a little bit, and then we discover. A root or something that is really nasty in our lives, and instead of uprooting it and doing the nasty, ugly work that it takes to get rid of that thing, we cover it up. And we wonder, like, I'm pretty. I say the right things. I do the right things. So on the outside, I'm Joanna and Chip Gaines pretty. But why does nobody want to be in relationship with me? Why do people not stick around in my life? Because
2: you smell like poopy.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, guys, listen, I'm going to do a plug for a life group here. If you are going through something now or have been through something in your life and you are really struggling, Keys to Freedom is a great life group. For you to be a part of, you need to go through that class. And listen, if you've gone through it once and you're still battling stuff, do it again. Do it again. This is what the renewing our mind, renewing our mind. I think in the, um, the, second, ver- or the second translation we read it, it said um, progressively changed. You're not going to just be changed like that in some areas. You're not going to just do work for a day and it's done. That's like eating unhealthy your whole life, going to the gym for one day and eating one salad and expecting yourself to look like a supermodel. It's just—it's not reality, right? And so we have to do the work to progressively change ourselves. Let's stop smelling like poop, guys, okay? Let's just stop. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And I say that funny, but I mean it. Guys, I really mean it. Because some of you in here, you have been through some tough stuff. And I have seen you work hard. And I see you, you're working hard. I've prayed with you. And I want you to know that there are people in this room that will stand with you and will agree with you and will love you through the mess and love you through the yuck. I look around this room and I see people who have stood with me and people I've stood with. And I, it blesses my heart so much to do this life with so many of you because it's messy and it can be ugly. But this is where relationships and true friendships form. When you walk through a mess with somebody and you see their vulnerability, it's unreal. It's like no other. And you're going to build a bond with people that is unbreakable. Okay? So, guys, be willing to do the dirty work, to be transformed. I wish I could stand up here and say, Salvation is it repentance is it, but it's not. We have got to transform ourselves by getting into the word and studying it out. Now, a lot of times when you're doing this, not only are you going to find stuff you don't like, it may cost some things too. There may be some relationships that you're going to have to let go of going through this process. There may be behaviors and things that you may have to let go of. This may cost you, but I promise you, it's for your better. It's for your good. Jesus loves you so much. Hey, Brian, I'm going to ask you to pull up a scripture that I didn't give you. Um, it's Psalm 62:8, And let's pull it up in the New Living Translation, if you can. I saw this scripture today, and it's David. It's a Psalm of David and I loved what it said. And hey, guys, let's give everybody in the booth back there a hand clap because this is a big deal. Me just throwing a scripture at him like this. You don't know. It can like it he has to go and search and look it up and I just appreciate you guys so much because I've been you back there who, you're in the hot seat the whole time. You've always got to be on, paying attention, listening to everything, and so I just appreciate you guys so, so much for all that you do and for serving. It's awesome because a lot of people don't recognize that you're there until you mess up. And so (laughs) when you mess up, you feel like everybody's looking at you. So it's Psalm 62 8, and it says, Oh, my people, hey, you guys, you're my people. Oh, my people, trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. You guys, as you walk through this process of transformation, trust Him. Trust Him. Pour your heart out to him. He is your refuge. You can trust him. He never fails. Didn't we sing that this morning? He never fails, guys. So trust in him. My very, very, very favorite thing that always happens while we're renovating a house is people start to recognize it. They start stopping by and checking out what's going on. Hey, what are y'all doing with this place here? I just wanted to come and look at it and see what all's going. Oh, y'all did the floors and y'all did the walls. Guys, when you start transforming yourself, people are gonna recognize it. They're gonna start to see transformation within you and they are gonna start to see God in you. They're gonna be saying, hey, what'd you do different? Why do you look this way? Or I've just noticed you've got this joy about you or this peace about you that I've never seen before they're going to see transformation taking place in your life. And my very favorite part at the end, a fixer-upper, they always do a before and after photo, okay? So they have this big, giant wall, and the couple is standing there, and on this wall is a picture of what the house looked like before they bought it, before the transformation. And then all of a sudden... They pull back the wall, and there's their house, and they get to see it for the first time, and they're so excited. Let me tell you guys, when you go through this transformation, you are going to be able to use who you were as a testimony to who you are today, and God is going to use that in your life. It's, he's going to use it to bless you, He's going to use it to bless everybody around you and the people he put you in contact with. And because we are blessed when we're a blessing, we're blessed to be a blessing. So when we're a blessing, it's going to change everything around us, the people around us. Just like when you renovate a house, it brings up the property value. Your value's going up. And it's going to bring up the value of every person around you, your children, your family, your neighbors. You're going to increase their value by being in their vicinity. So, do the hard work today, guys. Not just today, but every day. Step four says, repeat steps two and three daily. And I put daily because there's a reason the scripture says his mercies are new every morning. Every day that mercy is new towards you. So daily we need mercy and we need a pull on it. So we've got to recognize in ourselves when we need that and ask for that mercy. And ask, and re- ask the Holy Spirit to reveal where we need to work. On our hearts. And the reason that we go through all of this, let's put Matthew 5 8 back up. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart. Let's all say this last line together. For they shall see God. Let's say it one more time. For they shall see God. Our ultimate goal, our ultimate goal is that we should have an intimate relationship with God and it should become our greatest motivation for purity. Not that we're going to get caught, not the fear of consequences, but intimacy with God should be why we want to be pure. We want to be able to see like Jesus sees. We want to be able to see God in each other. We want to be able to see God and what he's doing in the earth. We want to be able to look and see what he's doing and where he's at so we can chase after that too. So I'm so excited because this is not over yet. Patrick has something to share as well. So, I can't wait to hear what he has to say.
2: Buckle in, y'all. I got a three-hour three hour message ready. So, really, it's 11.36. What time do I need to hand this back over? Time. 11, what? 50? Okay. Gotcha. You can do it faster three than that, Three hours and bet. 14 minutes. Okay. Here we go. All right. So, man, that was so awesome, babe. Thanks. I really, I really like that. Um, so, my scripture is Matthew 5.9. And it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God or children of God. So when I read this, this that, that's the uh, New King James Version. I want to give you the Patrick Williams Version. And I'm just going to read this. Did, did, did y'all like all of, the, all of the, the notes and the ABCs of salvation? And did y'all like that? I like that. But I'm, I'm glad that you like that because you will get none of that from me. I have nothing to give you other than what's in my notes here. So, we're going old school. Get out your pen. Get out your paper. Let's do this. All right. So, this is the Patrick Williams translation of Matthew 5.9. It says, blessed are the peace warriors, those who are willing to combat injustice, tyranny, division, strife, fear, and unforgiveness, for they will be recognized and identified as looking like God, their father. Mm. You like it? I liked it. I worked on that a little bit. So, so, like, I was just asking the Holy Spirit, what is it about a peacemaker that makes them look like God? And I think what this scripture means, Brittany, have you ever had anybody come up and, and say to you, you look just like your mother?
0: All the time.
2: <laughs> you look just like your mother. Or All you look just like your father. Well, what they're saying is, is, they're looking at you, but they they recognize a character trait in you that makes them remember your mother. Mm-hmm. Or I've had I've had people tell me that all the time. You you remind me so much of your father. Well, I believe that's what Jesus is saying. Peacemakers will cause people to recognize the father because of that characteristic. So I kind of wanted to talk to y'all real quick about what is it about the characteristic of a peacemaker. So. Oh, I want to give you this other scripture too. You don't have to put this up. It's Proverbs 16, 7. And it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's a peacemaker. So let's get into this. How is that scripture possible? How is it that that a man's ways can be a way that it would cause his enemies to be at peace with him? A peacemaker specializes in conflict resolution. A peacemaker specializes in conflict resolution. It's called reconciliation. Reconciliation. And the the Scripture tells us that we've been given this ministry of reconciliation, reconciling people back to God. Okay? So, what does this mean? And I want to talk to you about the difference between a peacemaker and and a peacekeeper. So write those two things down. Write peacemaker and peacekeeper. And beside peacemaker, I want you to write this. A peacemaker confronts for the purpose of connection. A peacemaker confronts for the purpose of connection. And then at peacekeeper, I want you to write, a peacekeeper exchanges peace for pleasantness. A peacekeeper exchanges peace for pleasantness. And then y'all just, I got some more in-depth thoughts here so y'all can just soak this in. And if you want these notes, come to me and I'll, I'll get them to you after service. But I wrote, a peacemaker skillfully confronts what is hindering peace within them. A peacemaker skillfully confronts what is hindering peace within them between them and others, between them and others, or injustice or tyranny being imposed on them and others. A peacemaker skillfully confronts what is hindering peace within them, between them and others, or injustice or tyranny being imposed on them and others. Are we seeing some of that happening in the world today? Mm -hmm. A peacekeeper avoids confronting and addressing things that rob them and others of peace in order to maintain a temporary atmosphere of comfort and a sense of pleasantness. So the big difference is confronting and avoidance. Does that make sense? So peace does not always mean pleasant, right? So some of what you were talking about, you were dealing with some, some stinky stuff, right? So for you to enjoy the benefits of repentance um, and transformation, you had to actually confront some stuff. You had to deal with some stuff. So I love this, I love this topic, but I, to talk, I want to just tell a couple stories with the time that I have left where, where this really changed my life. I want to tell a personal story, and then if I have time, I want to invite someone to give a quick testimony. Where this really changed my life. How many know that you can, you can, you can be taught a concept but there's a moment in your life where something happens and that it, the revelation comes and that concept becomes real. So this was a, this was a confrontation in my own life um, that stemmed from the blessing of the Lord that actually could have become an idol. So this was whenever I was working offshore and I had been given an opportunity to enter into a training position, uh, engineer trainee position. It was a two-year program and uh, very, very hard work. We were working 12 hours a day, and often working 16, 18, 20 hours a day, and then going right back out and doing it again. I was working a three week and three week rotation in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, so uh, many times that three weeks would turn into four weeks, and then I'd come home for two weeks, and then go right back out and do it again. Did that for two years. So it was a very, some of you might remember that, when we first moved here, I was like, almost not ever here. so very extensive program, uh, a lot of training, and on your time off, we were going to Houston, taking classes, so I might only have one day off in six weeks, or I mean one week off. We were traveling, it was very hard on our family, um, but at the end of that two-year program, I got that promotion to an engineer, and it was the most money i had ever made in my life, uh, and I was just kind of basking in it. I was, I was like, man, I finally arrived, I'm here, I'm enjoying this. And I knock off one day, and I'm taking my clothes off. I'm in my room, and I'm just brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed. And I look in the mirror, and I had a thought. The thought was, if God was to ask me to step away from this job at this point, I couldn't do it. I could not step away from this position if he were to ask me to step away because I paid too big of a price to get here. I just invested two years of my life. I just put my family through the ringer to get here. I just got here. And if God was to ask me, my father was to ask me, son, I've got something else for you. I need you to go. I couldn't do it. I couldn't step away from this. I couldn't step away from this promotion. I couldn't step away from this blessing. It's too big of a blessing to step away from. And in that instant, this all happened in a matter of seconds. In, the, in an instant, my spirit man just leapt up inside of me and said, no, that's not right. He's your father, and if he's asking you to do something different, it only means that he has something even better for you. And in that moment, I had to deal with this. I I had this conflicting issue within my heart. Nobody knew about it. My wife didn't know about it. This was just something happening within myself. But I had a choice. I could leave it in the dark and act like it never happened, or I could bring it into the light and expose it deal with it, confront it, and then, and then see what happens. So I'm in my room all by myself. And I say, Father, I know that you know my thoughts. I know that you know my heart. I know that you know this already, but I'm, I feel compelled to get it out in the open and talk to you about it. And I said, Father, I just had the thought that if you were to ask me to leave this blessing, to leave this position, that I would not do it, that I could not do it, that I paid too big of a price to get here. And I just want you to know that if you were to ask me to go, that I would do it. I would leave it today. I said, now, you're going to have to confirm your word. I'm going to need some proof that you're asking me to do this. But I want you to know that if you ask me, I trust you and that I will do it. And I could just sense the Holy Spirit say, son, thank you so much. But I'm not asking you to go anywhere. But I appreciate it that you would if I asked you to. And so in that moment, I went from shame. I went from my world getting really small. I went from fear. Because I brought that into the light, because I confronted that, I felt freedom. I felt empowerment. I felt on top of the world. And I felt connection with my father. And it's, it's such a, a, a small, like, that was, nobody ever knew about it. But like Pastor said, it's what you do in the secret place. That matters. And I just want to highlight that I think that test comes to all of us, that many times the blessing of the Lord, the test comes, will you turn the blessing and the favor of the Lord into an idol? If you remember, the children of Israel were, were led out of Egypt with the gold of Egypt. And then the same gold that they were led out of Egypt with, the, the spoils of that deliverance, they turned into a, a, a cow a calf that they worshiped and idolized. Abraham was given a promise of Isaac when after the birth of Isaac, God tested Abraham and he said, I want you to sacrifice your son. The same blessing of the Lord, God tested Abraham. Will you withhold my blessing that I gave you? Will you withhold that? Will you idolize that above your relationship with me? So, I believe that this test comes to all of us that the very thing that God blesses us with, He will also test and confront you with do I still have your heart? Does that make sense? So, that's a small test. I want to talk, that was a test within. So, we have to be willing to confront the things that are on the inside of us, we have to be willing to confront the things that are on the outside. So, it might be a relationship between a husband and a spouse, it might be a relationship with a parent. You might have to go back and deal with things from your past when you're a child like you talked about. You might have gotten out of a situation, you're no longer in your parents' house, but that situation you've harbored and it's still in your heart. That pain, that hurt, that resentment, that bitterness, that offense, you're carrying that with you from when you were eight years old. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he brings the kingdom of light. The word says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I believe that the reason there is freedom is because he's the spirit of truth. Truth always highlights what's in the dark. Light will always expose the darkness and expel it. So if you're harboring hurts, pains, wounds, resentments, bitterness, unforgiveness, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. It's your day. And so I just want to take two minutes. I got two minutes left. And Jesse, where are you? Can you come up real quick? This is our friend, Jesse Hanks. She told us, gave us a testimony this week in our life group about how she had to deal with some confrontation and, and what that looked like.
1: Um, Yeah, first of all, I want to say that if you have a story that's so important to tell it, because as Patrick asked me to tell this, honestly, when I shared this story the other night, I thought, you know, this probably isn't that big of a deal, but I want to encourage you to share, because you never know what part of your story someone else may hear, and it may touch them in the moment, Um, and I'll try to fit this in two minutes. I'm such a talker. Oh, man. Okay, so about eight years ago, uh, a couple moved into town. And we quickly became friends with them. Our kids were the same age. And that developed a friendship. And they were thick as thieves. But as we got older, as our kids got older, some things were going to happen. Some, the boys had different interests and things. And Caden came to us and said, you know, I'm really hurt by some things that have been said and the way I've been treated. Can you deal with this? This kind of started. And I said, okay, yeah, we will well, we kind of push it off. And I said, well, you know, you don't really have to see him that much. You know, no big deal. So this kind of went on. And Patrick asked me how long this went on. And when I really started thinking about it, it probably festered for a few years Um, because we moved churches, uh, not a bad thing. We helped start another church. And so we didn't see them as much. So it wasn't around. But then we found ourselves back on the baseball field together. And these things begin to happen again. And Caden comes to me and says, I'm really struggling with this. Can you please, I've tried to deal with it myself. Can you help me deal with it? Um, So I went to one day, I finally, on the baseball field, standing beside the field, I dealt with this, and can I tell you, my friend began to weep, and I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? (laughs) We're at the baseball field, and she's weeping, and she said, why did you not come to me sooner about this? If you had just come to me, she said, you know, this is not acceptable for my child to treat your child this way. Why didn't you tell me? And I think as Patrick and I talked, what I learned in that moment is as I was trying to keep the peace, I was actually robbing myself and her of peace. Because what should have been fixed every time we got around them, I was worried what are our kids doing? What are they saying? And am I going to end up in a confrontation today? So I couldn't even walk around in peace because I was worried about this. So it was just a reminder to me to confront those things and not be robbed of the very thing you're trying to keep. Amen. Is
2: that not awesome? Can y'all give her a hand clap? Man.
1: And you know what um, I love
0: is she didn't share exactly what she said, but she didn't have the mindset of, I'm going to go in, I'm going to confront this, and I'm going to blow it up. No, that's not confrontation. That's not Christ-like confrontation. It's, that kind of confrontation is valuing the connection enough to say, I love you and this is not right between us. How can we fix this? That's
2: Christ's confrontation, okay? Yeah, and y'all, this, this gets so much more uh, when you're dealing with a manipulator or a controller, someone who's not worthy of your trust, someone that's not worthy of, a, of maintaining a continual relationship with. It might be that to deal with a conflict, you just, you release them. You, it, let's just say something, someone did an injustice to you in your past. You, in that situation, you might not trust them anymore. And that's okay. You don't have to trust to forgive.
0: And they may never apologize for they what might they not, did. Not, yeah,
2: they might not ever apologize. They might not ever seek reconciliation with you. But the Holy Spirit in you is compelling you. Be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. Let this hurt, let this offense, let this bitterness go. Because it's, it's toxic to you. And we're going to pray in a minute. I'm going to give everyone in this room an opportunity Reflect for a moment and it might take more than just this church service to deal with some of this stuff, and that's okay, y'all. That's Um, where
0: transforming comes comes in.
2: Exactly. But we're gonna take a moment and we're just gonna take a few minutes to let's think about if there's anything we're holding, if there's if there's anything that we have, and we're gonna actively release and forgive and start dealing with some of this stuff. This is confrontation and this is being a peacemaker, and this is kingdom. Y'all ready? Let's pray. Father, I just lift up every one of your sons and daughters. Father, we come to you trusting you that you are our strong tower. You are our place of refuge and strength. So, Father, right now, you know every hurt, every wound, every injustice that was done every pain and so right now as we become powerful sons and daughters of God as we confront darkness with light and with truth Holy Spirit I ask you to come come Holy Spirit to comfort to strengthen and to shed the love of God abroad in our hearts for those that have hurt us and for those that need mercy. They might not deserve it. They might not even be asking for it. But you said, blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. So Father, right now, I ask on behalf of your sons and daughters that you would empower them to extend mercy. That you would give them wisdom on how to lovingly, powerfully confront what needs to be confronted in their hearts and minds, in their relationships. And Father, we thank you for your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at legacyfamily.info.